Welcome to the Electra International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Electri International's Think Like a Leader. We take time to talk with leaders all over the world who are in the electrical construction world. Today, we are both honored and pleased to be with Graham Aiken, who is the Executive Director of the Electrical Contractors Association of Ontario, our neighbor to the north, Canada. North America has quite a lot going for it in terms of electrical construction, and Graham has led the association for the past five years. He's a native of Hamilton, Ontario, knows an awful lot about construction and electrical contracting and everything Canadian. So we're going to learn a lot from Graham today. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. No, thank you, Carolyn. It is my honor and my pleasure, truly. So, Let me start very simply with a kind of a North American question. Throughout North America, contractors are facing a multitude of both operational and material, I guess the best word to use is challenges. So what major trends do you see in the Canadian construction industry that might be having an impact on your members in Ontario? Well, let, let me let me start, if I might, with the sort of positive trends that we're seeing, and then sure. I'll, I'll move into the price escalation, supply chain, those types of things. I think what's really going well for us, certainly in Ontario, but generally in Canada, is there's quite a number of high-value projects that are currently underway and planned to begin in the near future. So if you want to take the, the, the bad news on that one, it might be that there might be too much being planned at the same time. So we are working with governments and private owners to talk about how to schedule these projects so that they're not overlapping as much. Infrastructure investment should remain significant, although not to the extent required in my view. I think that we have a a rather brittle, quite frankly, infrastructure all across North America that needs a lot more attention than what we're giving. We need to, from from more of a negative, uh, challenging perspective is we're going to have to replenish a significant amount of our workforce. Again, I don't believe that's much different than in the U.S. And it's not just skilled trades. It's not just the skilled trades. We need those supporting jobs, those supporting careers, the supervisors, the estimators, the project managers, the accountants. We are going to need, and you're not going to hear many people say that, say this, lawyers. We have to get our contracts done properly. So we're going to need all of those types of people in the business, and we're going to have to replenish that workforce. We've got net zero initiative at federal government level, which means the provinces all have to toe the line, so to speak, which is going to lead to more of the green energy projects. That That's an, an oversight, Carolyn. You mentioned high value projects. So when you're thinking about that, obviously, attracting and then hiring and then retaining a qualified workforce is on everybody's mind. What kind of actions can you tell our audience that your contractors are taking to ensure their workforce? And then what's the association's role in helping to ensure that there is a well-informed and well-prepared future workforce? 
Is it a partnership between you and your contractors? Yes, there's a partnership, but there's also uh, our contractors are continuing to do what they've always done with respect to hiring the new workforce. Things like legacy hires, things like going out to the local area, high schools, colleges, universities, those types of things attracting from other industries. They're always doing that. They will, uh, we've got a very, although they're very competitive as far as bidding projects, we've got a very collegial bunch of contractors in each of the areas. And so they will they will train each other's workforce, so to speak, right? They might have someone work for contractor A for six months as an estimator, and then they'll move over and go for contractor B as a supervisor, D- different projects like that. But I think what's really helping is ECAO itself. We're involved with a number of community members, such as the Electrical Human Resources Canada, the Ontario Construction Secretariat, and we're even even working with our Minister of Labor in the province of Ontario in promoting the electrical industry as rewarding career choice. And we're being very clear about that. We're offering careers, not just jobs. So ECAO, with the help from Electri, quite frankly, and others, are also providing training and materials to our contractors on things like the various generations of workers that are now in the workforce and are coming in. Because those are creating some interesting dynamics and some might say challenges on how you deal with these different generations of workers, their expectations, their approaches to life, work-life balance, those different types of things. So we're trying to work uh, with our contractors to provide them all of this information that will help them in securing that workforce. And there's a a lot of attention being paid everywhere to diversity, equality, inclusion, all of that. And we know that your association has a pretty aggressive program moving ahead to make sure that those parts of the workforce development are being met. What are some of the things that you're doing and and how well are they working? And do you think that they are going to be able to make significant, are your contractors going to be able to make the significant changes that need to be made in the industry in order to be more diverse and more inclusive at the same time? Yeah, this is the one I love speaking about, Carolyn. We uh, initiated a program with someone that we found through uh, Electronica. Uh, leadership surge uh, headed up by Alex Willis. And we engaged them to do a project for us just with ECAO member contractors and their representatives. That project is just wrapped up and it's about diversity, equity, inclusion. And then we managed to secure funding from the Ministry of Labor, uh, Labor Skills Development, Training and Immigration to do a program industry wide. So we brought in IBEW local unions, their stewards, their business managers, their members on a very similar, although a far more in-depth program. I'm thrilled with the results. We started this out by saying we wanted to change the culture. There has been significant change. The conversations I have with people are completely different now. Our pro- our projects with Alex and Leadership Surge have led our industry in Ontario to do more. Other industry associations are, are bringing Alex or others in to do this type of work. Uh, in fact, Alex just spoke at the Ontario Construction Secretariat in Muskoka 
two days ago, and I was honored to be up there as part of that conference. But again, we started with change the culture, and our goal is our industry welcomes all. It's that simple to us. Doesn't matter who you are, what you we welcome all. That's the way we're going to secure the workforce of the future, Carolyn. Can can you give us an example? You said that your conversations today are very different than what they had been in the past. Can you encapsulate that and say, well, this is what I would have been told five years ago, but this is what we've accomplished and what I'm being told now? I think rather than specific items, here's the big difference. The conversations around inclusion and equity, around diversity and welcoming all, are happening on at least a weekly, if not a daily basis. A year and a half ago, I'd be lucky if I had I got to engage in that conversation once monthly. Wow, that is a huge development for you and one that you should be justifiably proud. Let me switch gears for a second, if I might. We've been talking about the people side of it, but we also, we all know, and I'm a victim of this once a week, you can ask Josh Bone, technology. It's very time consuming to keep up with the advances. Some tech is good and other programs and platforms just aren't stellar. What do you anticipate in terms of the continuing development and promotion of new technology? Have we plateaued or are we still dealing every single week with new technology hitting the ground? I think that Electri, NECA, ECAO, similar associations, organizations are being inundated with that weekly. I think you're absolutely right, Carolyn. Our job is to filter through that, to try and find out what it is that we can therefore pass on as information to our members that will be useful to them. We're the ones that are the gatekeepers, so to speak. And I think that's important. I can tell you there's a couple that we're working on that if you had asked me about this when I started the role, I would have thought was way far-fetched. We're, with again, with funding from the Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training, and Skills, we are developing virtual labs for our fire alarm. It's called Certifier for our fire alarm courses. So they'll have the headsets and, and, and the hand gear. They'll be doing those labs. We don't have to bring them into shops all across the province anymore. They're going to be doing those virtually. And we're also involved in something I think is very exciting, particularly when you're looking at the toll our industry can take on one's body over time. We're involved in uh, an exoskeleton study, uh, mm. the use of exoskeletons for work, uh, in, specifically in construction. And we've had two of our contractors have had the, had the group on site to do electrical specific tasks. So those are two that we're pretty excited about. But again, I think our role at ECAO is to present technological advancements as options to our contractor members. And so again, through Electri and NECA, we get a lot of this information and we we help sort of go through that to determine what, sh- what we should pass on. Do Canadian electrical contractors have a different approach, from what you've seen, do Canadian electrical contractors have a different approach to what they will accept and what they expect from you as an association than you've experienced with the U.S. market? Or is everybody looking at it pretty much the same? I, I would say it's very similar. I, I don't notice any differences that jump out at me, Carolyn, no. 
Now, one of your responsibilities is to help your current members grow, obviously, and also to demonstrate the value of membership to prospective members to get more companies to say, wow, I do need this. Wow, this is good. So what steps do you take, if any, to help your EC contractors really learn how to work on their business and not just in the business. I love that expression. And in fact, until it was coined by uh, your very own Josh Bone, I didn't realize it, but ECAO's mission and value statements notwithstanding, this is exactly what we do, but I just hadn't heard it put so succinctly. So it's important to us, as I know it is to Electri, to provide those resources to our members so they can work on their business. So whether it's introducing the technological advances that we are talking about, operational efficiencies, the evolution of our industry to prefab or to construction as a manufacturing industry almost, all of those things, soft skills, technical skills, but one of the things that's more that, that, that maybe takes up a little more time for us in Ontario than it would in a lot of the states is the legislative parameters within which we have to operate. So whether that's collective bargaining, whether that's workers' comp, whether that's occupational health and safety, it's done on a provincial basis in Canada. And anytime there's a change in government, which is every three or four years, there can be significant changes to those legislations. So that's something that we do a, a lot of work on is ensuring that we work with government to keep our industry operating on track. Has your approach to leadership and leading your members and your board and all of your volunteers, has it evolved over the years or are there some particular initiatives that continue to work and you say, I'm never going to change the way I do X because that is the right way to do it and that you're going to keep on doing? I think the only one where I say that, Carolyn, is tying my shoes and then someone just showed me an alternate method a week ago. So I can't even say that. Look, at I think I think the biggest evolution in my approach to leadership is having a greater awareness of mentorship and how important that is to the growth of our members, our association, the phenomenal team I have here, but me as well. I think it really helps me grow. And I think I've always mentored others, but when I became aware of the process and of doing it and being more conscious about it, I think it's provided me and I hope those with whom I interact a much richer experience. I think the big, another big one for me is in leadership, allowing others to succeed. In fact, probably I'd go go a little further and say empowering others to reach their their heights or their goals, that which they desire. And then you ask about evolution of leadership. Listen, I, I think that all leaders continue to evolve. Uh, if they don't continue to evolve, I think they stop being leaders. And I think that different people in different spaces require different elements. And so I just hope I'm able to make those adjustments and adapt. Your association, Electrical Contractors in Ontario, you're now a founder member of the Electric Council, and we appreciate that. We appreciate both the financial support and obviously the involvement. What do your contractors bring to the council table that will help advance Electric's research and education agenda? 
I think, and I say this with no disrespect whatsoever, man, uh, a different perspective. We do bring an Ontario or a Canadian perspective. And I could talk about the distinctly Canadian or Ontario things, like, as I said earlier, legislated collective bargaining or employment insurance schemes or things that are sort of uniquely Canadian or Ontario. But I think from my membership's perspective, it is the vast array of experiences and expertise of our members. And so whether it's high voltage, low voltage, transmission, fire alarm, you name it, institutional, commercial, industrial, we, and uh, as members and as an association can contribute and we can also learn obviously, which is is, uh, what we want to do, but we think we can contribute in all those areas. And we think that by contributing and being an active member of Electri, we're going to help make not only our contractors better at what they do, but I think we're going to enrich the industry and hopefully ECAO and Electri uh, benefit from that. When you think back over your own personal career, and you told me at the start that you have been in the position of executive director for five years. So obviously you had been doing other things prior to that. Can you tell our audience what is the one best piece of advice that you ever received that really hit home with you and and helped form you into the executive and leader that you are today? Don't forget where you came from, son. Tell us a little more about that. We 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 grow, we evolve, we learn, we add, we shed. But I think staying true to yourself, who you are, that was the bit of advice I got. And interestingly, when I said son, everyone would assume that was my dad. That was actually one of my early mentors in the industry. What advice would you give to a young contractor who thinks they're going to be a rising star, who thinks they know it all? whether they're in Canada or the U.S., what's the one thing they really need to know in today's very, very complicated world? Adaptation. You need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to take on new ideas, new things. So I think it's the ability to be adaptable. Is there any other topic or question that I didn't bring up that you would have said, you know, Carolyn, I really want your audience to know about We hit it early on. I really want your audience to know that in Ontario, and from what I've seen from NECA and Electri, in all of North America, our industry welcomes all. Well, we welcome you, and we thank you so much for your time and very clear insights. And remembering where you came from, in your case, Hamilton, Ontario, that's a great one. And remembering to be adaptable is probably the best lesson that our audience could learn. So thank you, Graham, for joining us today. Thanks to our audience for sharing this time with us. We hope you'll go to electri.org, look up all the different interviews that we've had, because every one of the people that I have the honor to interview, they are the leaders of this industry. And we can all learn to think just like a leader. Thanks for today. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. You can access every interview in this series on our website, electri.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening. 